Have you ever noticed how we're different and the same and the same and we're different and we're different and the same? All kinds of people, all kinds of people, all kinds of people in the world. Now, on the Talk of Muncie, WMUN, All Kinds of People, hosted by Dr. Joe Mashevitz. Getting to know the people of Muncie and Delaware County, Indiana, in a way you've never heard before. It's another way we're using our voice to build our community from Woof Boom Radio and 92.5 FM, 1340 AM, WMUN. Here's your host, Dr. Joe. Hey, 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 everybody. Good morning and welcome to all kinds of people on WMUN, the Talk of Muncie. And today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Becca Clausen, the president and CEO of Second Harvest Food Bank in the studios. And Miss Becca, thanks so much for making the trip down to Woof Boom. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's just, I'm just kind of fascinated by the background um, and devoting pretty much an entire career to what I would consider to be helping other people. Um, and so, but, but before we get into some of that information, <laughs> I really want to take you back to um, Hickory, North Carolina, thank you, and maybe share a little bit of information about family and upbringing and what kinds of activities in school, once you drifted off to high school, got you involved in basically helping others, which has been your career path. Yeah, sure. So if you could share some of that back then. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, you're, you're bringing me back, and then you're also uh, telling about the accent I'm trying to get rid of, which is the southern accent. <laughs> but you've already said Hickory, North Carolina, so the audience is going to know. They're going to hear that southern. So I won't try to play around. No, it's uh, a good accent. Thank yeah, you. Stay with yeah, it. Yeah, okay. It's good. So, uh, yeah, I grew up in Hickory, North Carolina, and um, my mother was a, a, a musician. And she also, uh, because she had married my father, she was a a businesswoman. So she was both. Um, she had grown up in a time when uh, women really could not uh, make a career as a as a musician, you know. So so she had gone into uh, business. Our parents owned ladies. They called them ladies ready to wear stores back then. And um, and so uh, but she was really determined that I, however, was going to have that career in music. So I took ballet. I took piano. I took cello. I played in the orchestra. I played piano from the time I was five until um, actually all the way through graduate school. Okay. Um, I, I took cello and played in symphonies and actually got a scholarship to college through the having learned how to play cello. And was so, that Mars Hill University? Mars Hill University. Where you got your major it was in music. Just the college then, now it's university, but absolutely. I played at an Asheville Symphony and I played with the faculty quartet at Mars Hill University. And uh, they gave me a scholarship and I really wanted to play piano. I really wanted to major in piano, but uh, the scholarship was in cello. If I would come there and play in their faculty quartet, they would give me a, a scholarship to play piano, to study piano. So okay, that's okay. what I did. What other activities outside of music? Yes, lots. With, with either the family business, but you, I'm, 
I just have a sense you had a very active path. <laughs> yes, yes. Working your way through school. Right. Well, it was really the church part that, that got me into the, the spiritual part that got me into all of this. So uh, my mother played out her role in music in church. So um, she had the family business, but on Wednesdays and Sundays, we were at church, um, and she played for every little choir and for every little thing, and she was actually the church pianist. They had an organist. It was a very large church, probably 1,500 folks not very large but that's that's, that's significant for the yes yes and the denomination was at the time uh, that I was growing up was the the Southern Baptist which is known to be fairly conservative I grew up and sort of veered from that but uh, that was later on but I, I grew up and the Southern Baptist that I grew up in was very missionary oriented very giving oriented we had this group called girls in action and all we did to, to pass off it was really a whole lot like Girl Scouts but it was the Christian version and so we passed off steps helping people so I was a candy striper I went and did you know baked cookies for people I went in and did um, read to, to children I uh, went to nursing homes and and played cards with uh, older people. There was all kinds of little activities that I did to pass off these steps um, as a girl in action. And we had all these little um, things that we went to. And so finally, I became a queen regent in service because evidently I'd done enough acts to uh, make it to that level. Make it to the next level. Yeah, make it to the next level. So this was part of the church group. mm -hmm, Part of the church. Yeah, that was all part of the church. Um, And so uh, my mother was at the at the church every time the doors were open. I was right at her side. Um, her her big story she likes to tell is that she was playing for the five-year-old choir, but she didn't have anybody for me to stay with when I was three. So I started singing in the five-year-old choir when I was three <laughs> because there was no other Such place for me to story. be. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, all the way through. And so I really, I was just inundated with helping people with, um, I mean, I just thought that was the thing you did. Um, because that was what was sort of, you know, taught to me. Taught and, to you. Yeah. yeah. So, so I had sort of several roles. I mean, it was music. It was helping people, sometimes through music. Sometimes it was going and playing music at a nursing home. Sometimes it was, you know, sometimes it was they went together. And then um, our family had this business, and my mother was off and away um, there. So I would hang out at the store, too. So uh, and some of my rewards because of that was a new dress or a new outfit. Yeah, sure. You get to pick something out. <laughs> That's right. So it's really kind of interesting. Working the retail side. That's right. Time. That's yeah. right. Um, and then um, undergraduate school. Yeah. The Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Yeah, that up, was graduate school. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, undergraduate in, with Marshall University, but yeah. Up in Louisville, I, Kentucky. Yeah, how about that? Um, well, I went to college and got my degree, but I got it in, in teaching K through 12. I got out and tried to teach in the public school. Very. And were you going to teach music? Oh, yeah, because yeah, I was I was certified. When I got out of college, I took the I took all the exams, and I was certified K through 12 music, public school. I did my student teaching the whole the whole kit and caboodle. So you were ready to create a lot of piano players and other musicians along the way. Right, right. Yeah. As well as, um, you know, I was doing choral music. I'd take sure. a voice, the whole thing. So I was ready to do that. So it was hard to find a job. The, the arts were still fairly prominent, so it was pretty hard to find um, a job in North Carolina in, in the arts. So I started subbing for music teachers who were going on long-term, you know, 
sabbaticals, either maternity leave or something like that. Well, they were they were over the moon because usually you can't find a substitute that actually knows music to be your substitute exactly. in music. Exactly. So I went and did that, and um, that's when I determined that I didn't want to teach in public school. <laughs> it really didn't take long. The classroom <laughs> environment kind of treated you. It really was not my thing. I think it was all the discipline and all of the um, the testing and but more than that, it was just, I, I felt like I was angry all the time. I was having to say no or find creative ways. As to, opposed to getting them involved in really playing music yes, and doing it. Yes, yeah, okay. or doing happy, fun things that I was used to doing uh, in different ways. Um, sure, sure. You know, so, uh, it, you know, there would be moments. There would be moments. There would be little <laughs> little slivers of moments, but it was really hard. And in the, in the end result of programming and things like that, which I was used to, always had a, uh, I used to, uh, during all of this, also had a like a part-time church job when I was in high school. Okay. Um, so I played the organ or I did something. So that was completely different from, you know, um, teaching in public school. I really try to imagine teaching some kind of music class with a group of kids, and if they all start playing an instrument at once, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, time out. <laughs> right, right. we got to back all this up. Exactly. In in elementary school, it's all about rhythm instruments or orphan instruments or recorder. Oh, my goodness. A bunch of children trying to play the recorder. Heavens. that's that You've never <laughs> lived until you've heard that. So uh, not my thing. I really have so much respect for public school teachers and, and public school music teachers. It's just... I have more respect because I knew it wasn't for me. I share that respect for you <laughs> because it's just a challenge. Yes. And I'm not sure it's getting any easier um, in these particular days and times. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Becca Clausen, who's the president and CEO of Second Harvest. And when we come back, we're going to say, okay, goodbye to the classroom and music teaching. Let's go on to graduate school at Southern Baptist and pursue some ministerial things. And, um, and Becca, you kind of sat back now and ponder that move you made into that when we return, because I'm really fascinated by the 20 plus years you spent doing that and, um, and continue to help others. So we'll be back right after this message, everybody. This is WMUN's All Kinds of People with Dr. Joe. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We've been chatting with Becca Clausen, who's the president and CEO of Second Harvest. And Becca, we left you off not running out of the elementary classroom, thank you, but <laughs> saying, okay, there's got to be something else I can go. So let's uh, talk a little bit about your theological seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. graduate school at Southern Baptist. What, Absolutely. What I, triggered all that? Oh, I mean, yeah. obviously you came up in a family background heavily related to church. Yes. And so all of a sudden that gets triggered, yes. and now you're pursuing this. Right. So uh, when I came out of college, I was subbing, but also had to find a way to make a living. I was back at home, 
in, in Hickory. And so uh, I f- saw an advertisement for a part-time church job there. Okay. And so it was outside of Hickory, and I started being a, quote-unquote, minister of music. And I didn't really understand the role or what that entailed, although we'd had one growing so up. So this was a part-time minister job? Part-time of? minister okay. in, a, in a church. It was, it, was, it was just a minister of music. So there was a pastor already. Okay. There was a part-time youth minister, but I was a minister of music. So they they call their um, staff people in the Baptist, they're all ministerial okay. staff. So it was a minister of music. So I was directing the choir, directing children. So you're school. right back home with yeah. music. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Yes. I was doing all those things. <laughs> I was doing all those things. And so uh, I was, um, it was, it was in that two years and I thought, well, I've got to decide something. If I'm not going to teach elementary school or, or any kind of school, I've got to do something. So it just pretty became clear that my church job was sort of becoming more interesting to me or, you know, and, and basically in my, uh, background, my theological background, it's a calling. So, sure, uh, sure. sort of felt a calling to, to try going to graduate school in seminary at seminary. And, um, at that point in time, that particular seminary, Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky was like the seminary for musicians. There were, there's four theological seminaries for Baptists, but one of them is specifically, not specifically for, for music, but a lot of the really good musician teachers were at that particular seminary. Now, does that mean you come out as a minister of music? Yes, yes. Ah, I came out okay. as a minister of music, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. I want to get that clarified. It's an interesting, it's an interesting um Concept. Yeah, because you mentioned the different kinds of ministers. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so we. Um, so I. So I said, well, I, that means I have to take off and pack up my car and go to Louisville. So I. I did that. I found out that the financial piece was going to be doable because um, there was a lot of uh, supplemental money for that. And um, so I took off and went. Off you went. Mm-hmm, off I went. So I didn't know anybody, anything. Uh, I remember walking in the doors and saying, oh, what have I done? But here I am. Here you go. So three years there. But and those doors are music-oriented. Oh, so yeah. That's yeah. good. That's true. Yeah, and yeah. so, yeah, a lot of, so I really t- I took a lot of classes in music, but also we're required to, to get the degree, a lot of classes in um, other things. So I, had, I took theological classes. I took. You know, I took classes in, there was a class in, um, oh, shoot, it was called Church Staff Relations. I made an A+, plus, so there you go. Yeah. That was probably the only one I made an A+, plus in. <laughs> um, and, and so several things like that, but uh, came out with a, a master's degree in church music. So that's what I came out in after three years and had ch- part-time church jobs all along the way. Almost everybody that goes to seminary also has that job. So so came out and I was um, decided, well, I've got to have a job. And they were really good about trying to place you. My first job was in uh, Bedford, Virginia. And I was okay. playing the organ, which I did not want to do. I wanted to direct choirs, but this was an organist choir master position. I was terrible at it. Um, you might be a little harsh on yourself. No, that one. no, you, I but. could, I could, I could direct the choir. I could play the organ, playing the organ and directing the choir, not so much. <laughs> and they had had some amazing people before me, and have and did after me. So. Um, they were they knew and I knew that I that it was that I was not great at that so uh, but I got through it and uh, we also the cool thing about going there was they had an orchestra so I I also brought Ah, my cello background back so I was able to direct it was a community orchestra so I did all that so there was Bedford Virginia for three years then I went to um, Richmond Virginia um, to a a church for 12 years it was a a wonderful church and and they were having their hundredth anniversary when I went there so it's a real long-standing church and 
I really enjoyed doing that. I did. That's where I did some youth ministry. But again, um, uh, minister of music position. I was directing choirs. It was full time. So all those jobs were full time. And then I went to Roanoke. So I Bedford and then Richmond <laughs> back to Roanoke, Virginia. And for six years. And during that period of time, I actually got ordained, uh, but um, left the Southern Baptist Convention to an offshoot that's more liberal called the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Okay. So, and that's what I got ordained into. So, um, I was still a minister of music, but I was ordained and I started doing a lot of things like funerals and weddings and, and I would preach when the pastor was not at there, sure, you sure. know, that kind of stuff. So, so even more, but that's the place that I made my transition was they had a food pantry in oh. the basement at this church in Roanoke. And, uh, I didn't really pay attention to it. It was the it was the uh, custodian there who was in charge. Now, he didn't really know much about it, and he was just given that job, so he didn't really, really do much. But one day, the custodian was not there, and the church secretary said, someone has uh, knocked on the door, and she needs food, and I'm here alone. I can't leave. Can you possibly go down? I'd never even been there. I'd never been down three floors to the basement to see this food pantry. Well, this poor little sweet woman who evidently was uh, really in trouble, came in and said, you know, I'm, I'm desperate. I've moved out. I'm, you know, it's, uh, it's domestic abuse. I, my, my daughter's in school right now, but we're desperate for some food. And I had no idea what was on the shelf. I had no idea anything. So I embarrassingly uh, gathered up what I could find sure, and sure. put it in a bag for her. And then I started asking her story. She told me this long story. But the, the one thing that really changed it for me was, um, she said, I was really hoping you would have some refrigerated stuff. I really need some milk for some cereal for my children, for my little daughter. And she said, and so she pulls change out of her pocket and she said, do you know how much a gallon of milk costs? She wanted to see if she had enough money. And I was so embarrassed because I had no idea how much a gallon of milk cost. I was, I felt so I was so shamed in my privilege at that moment that I could just go to the store and put milk in my in my buggy and not have to worry about how much it cost. I, I just it just was like this switch came off. And I said, I said, honey, I don't know, but follow me. Get in your car and follow me. <laughs> we went to the grocery store and I said, you get anything you want. I'll pay for it. And I sent her on her way. But it was in that moment that I said, you know what? I spent all this time really kind of helping and ministering to people so they can go out and yeah, help other you people. you have been very helpful to people. But I was ready to go out and make a difference in a different way, more directly. It's, what an amazing story to walk down to a basement that you weren't familiar with and open a door when somebody wasn't there to open the door. And all of a sudden, that really, you know, as time starts wrapping up with our talk, that led to three, four other positions mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm of overseeing agencies around the country that help people out. And now heading into the end of your second year at Second Harvest Food Bank, what are some of the challenges you face at Second Harvest right now? The, the need is much larger than you think. Uh, everybody knew during the pandemic it was big. It's really big now. And that's because there's just lots of factors. Food is very expensive. Uh, some of the um, benefits that the state and the national um, government had for our neighbors are gone away. And so trying to uh, juggle all of that and also make it, we have a lot of the working poor in our in our community, and we really need to to step up. And so we're trying our best to source food from every corner 
um, to help out. But it is really a struggle right now. Is that a key for you to have to reach out to various donors, obviously, Absolutely. or food suppliers? Absolutely. Or? And, and here's the little last-minute teaser. Uh, we're going to start growing our own food on our 24 acres of land. Really? Uh-huh. And we're going to start looking at that uh, next year. So uh, we got to find a place uh, to source food. Would that be more along the lines of vegetables and things? Oh yeah, obviously? absolutely. Produce. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do specialty crops in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> teaser, so, teaser. So, <laughs> so as you're doing all that, is there still a little time for ministry and music? No, you know, it's just one or the other at this point. So yeah, I have a piano at home. We have music at home. I just don't. I just don't have much time to do that. So. I, I had know. to put Although that I on can, the shelf. I can maybe see you coming home after a very long day of helping other people out and maybe sitting down and at least banging out a couple of tunes. Well, that does happen for me and my kitty, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> for my kitty cat. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking with Becca Clausen. What an enjoyable talk. The president and CEO of Second Harvest Food Bank. And... Uh, those of you that donate, get out there and start looking at those acres that are going to become farmland, thank you, because we may need some volunteers out there to do some planting and some harvesting. Becca, thank you so much for coming into Wolfboom. This has been very enjoyable. And good luck with Second Harvest thank moving you. forward. Thanks for the invitation. It was Yo, wonderful. Hope to hear again from all of you next week at WMUN, the talk amongst everybody. Dr. Joe saying have a good week.